Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is a plug for the Barely Touched Him season finale extravaganza event. It is this Sunday. If you are in the Western Australian, the Perth metropolitan area, it will be at the Baysy Bowls Club. Bayswater Bowls Club, that is, if you're not up to date with the slang. That is 3 p.m. We are aiming to start recording. We'll be hanging around a bit beforehand. Come and have some bevies. You can be in our live studio audience. It's going to be a banger. We'll be taking questions. We might even let you get up and get on the pod. Who knows? Either way, we'll be there. Live episode recording, Basie Bowls Club, 3 p.m. Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, it is great to be here. It is Barely Touched Him, episode 31. I am Benry, he's Corey, Bob's your uncle, Sue's your aunt, Bush did 9-11. How you going, Corey? Hello, Jet Fuel. Cannot melt cannot steel melt steel beams as much as the government will try to tell you <laughs> that it can, dear listener. Uh, we cannot. know better here at the BTH Pod, and it's the. <laughs> Pre-grand final special. This is. is, we've had the prelims this weekend. It's all led to this. It's all led to this moment. We've, we had the, we've had the Brownlow, which I forgot was happening. Yes, I'm not so going to lie to you. Like, so I, it, 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 Monday came round and it was a public holiday here in... Um, and I wish it hadn't happened. I wish it, we, that, that it, we'd, we should scrap it. Yes. We should scrap the Brownlow yes. altogether. Yeah. I mean, we'll get, we'll get into the yeah. thoughts and dreams and feelings about the Brownlow. But even though this was meant to be Nick Dacos's to lose or Bontempelli's to lose, yes. I did not remember it until it was actually happening. It was the public holiday Monday no. for our um, fucking for some reason, King I, Charles's birthday. For some reason, my brain had made it up that it was the night before. And it's never been that. No. It's no. That's, no why would you think not. that? I <laughs> My brain makes up all sorts of shit. And I was playing golf that day and I, <laughs> I got there and it was it was I was on hole three. I went, oh fuck boys, the Brownlows tonight. And they went, yeah. Yeah. Like, Don't you host a footy podcast? Everyone I went, knows. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I forgot. Yeah. I, I actually that happens to me a little bit. Like I'll be catching up with someone and they're like, oh, have you heard about this? And I'm like, no. They're like, <laughs> But you're, 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 you're the, damn, you're like, the well, football I'm man. I'm not the fucking yeah. almanac for yeah. everything that happens. I'm not happens. Jared Waitley. Jesus. I'm not, I'm not c- as clued in as like, Big have Jared. Have you guys not heard an episode? I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> we are both <laughs> fucking idiots. So footy news, let's just start with the Brownlow. Yep. Uh, it's <clears throat> it's happened. Lockie Neal, unless you've been living under a rock, Lockie Neal. Stunning. The, pi- the pies were robbed right in front of me. Well, Stunning. a few people... Have been, let's say, uh, shafted. I've got They've a brand been... new. I've got a brand new audio bit for this. Yes. Prove one thing: the AFL is corrupt and corrupt to the core. It's a disgruntled <laughs> that... Carlton fan. Is he Greek? Yes, yeah. I would. <laughs> I would uh, put my house on betting that that, that is a this, Greek man. This perhaps was, Lebanese. This was uh, honestly stunning, Barry. Uh, like... Yeah, it was. I, I was watching the count with Nadia, and we have a little. Uh, we we we've fast made this a. Uh, Brownlow tradition because it's always a Monday night in Perth. You can't really go too hard, but we we have a couple of drinks and we get a big grazing platter out yep. on the uh, does she on like the, the coffee does table. She, does Nadia like enjoy the red carpet? She she loves the red yep. carpet, and I love the red carpet so do I, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's do I. um, but 
Watching the red carpet this year, uh, there was a distinct lack, and there always has been a lack since he retired, of one Bruce McAvaney doing yes. the interviews. It was Daisy Thomas. He tried his little heart out. Yeah, he doesn't quite He's have it. He's not Bruce. He's not Bruce. He doesn't quite have it. Because no. Daisy knows it's cringe, and he yeah. knows that he should be embarrassed to be doing these interviews. <laughs> Bruce, there was no self-awareness no. at all. He no. absolutely believed it. Jumps in with both feet. Jumps in with both yep. feet, puts his hand on the small of a man's back like Marcus Bontempelli and just says, now tell us about it. Like, tell us what you're thinking. Oh, gee, you look good tonight. He's not even talking to the women. He's just, he's 100% zeroed you, in on the you blokes. You get a particularly brawny, like, old school feather. Yeah. Come on, Bruce. Heaven Fucking forbid he gets Jesus. next to Paul Puopolo. And he's, he's a rabid dog, like a big... On heat, he's just in there. But I feel like there's no Bruce replacement for how camp it all is. Because no. Bruce, we don't. I don't know if Bruce is a gay man. I'm pretty sure he's married. Actually, he is but married. Yeah, he's he's queer coded. He's absolutely he queer coded. And I think I think he's also spectrum coded as well. Oh, for sure. If you hear sure. of, um, you hear other people speaking of him uh, in interviews about his his preparation for things. Yeah, it's next. Who ha who have a table like this? Covered. He's the best, and he, it'll it, it, all yeah. be about one thing. And he'll be referencing like stats, and it all he boils it all down to a little notepad. So when he's talking to someone, he has referenced the history of everything. So he'll just hit him with like, so 1986, the third <laughs> quarter, 15 minutes in, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Wayne Carey just go, I don't remember <laughs> the, the 80s, bro. I, I don't remember it. I don't remember. Yeah. So I think there needs to be some sort of person filling this void. Yeah. I don't know who it is. Maybe we need someone from the Australian version of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy doing the yep. red carpet. I don't know who was on it, but I digress. Lockie Neal has been given the Brownlow in Ooh, some might say stunning. suspicious circumstances. I mean, out of, out of all the ways I saw it happening, this going down, Lockie Neal winning was not bottom of, bottom not, of my not list. Even he was paying, I there. think, thirteen dollars. Uh, he was in a comfortable fifth, I believe. Um, now, let's let, let's start from the bottom. Yep. Let's start from the bottom of the table here because I, I do have some stats. Oh, we'll, I bet you do. We'll work through them to, until we get to, to Lockie Neal. Yes. All right. So uh, these are some players that were disrespected. I, I, I'm ready for it. Okay. Yes. So Adam Adam Chera, how many votes do you reckon he got? Look, I don't remember, so this is actually an honest-to-God guess. Yep. On his season, I would say he was comfortable second or third best on the team. I know yes. Cripper got 23-odd. So I would guess 15 for Chera. Two votes. Fucking um, ridiculous, Corey. Josh Dunkley, you want to have a crack at that one? Uh, I know. I actually saw this and I was very upset by it. He only got four, didn't four he? Four votes, that's correct. Four for Dunkley. Uh, Hugh McGluggage. Oh, zero? Three. Oh, Jesus now, this is, this Christ. This is a big one. Clayton Oliver. Yeah, well, he did have the injury. He did have the injury. He did have the injury. This, this number is... Not fair. Tell, to just tell it to me. Six. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Rowan Marshall, three uncomfortable. votes. Uncomfortable. Marshall was St Kilda's best player towards the second Another half of the Saint season. Another St Kilda player here. Mason Wood, one vote. Criminal. Jordan Dugowie, eight votes. Crim yeah, Tom Mitchell beat him in the. I, I nearly chucked a bet Stunning. on having Tom Mitchell uh, be and our Harry Sheasel, who won obviously won the Rising Star and the BNF. Yep. yep. Three votes. That is. Harry Sheasel, especially in the opening two weeks, should have gotten a come to order oh, no, LDU. But again, these votes were cooked. These yeah, votes were absolutely so cooked. So another another quick one. Um, first names. Yes. The most successful first name this year, Jack. There's a lot of Jacks. 82 in the votes. AFL. 82 for Jack. Toms. 
Yep. Tom's polled, uh, uh, polled 63. Oh, very good for the uh, Lockie, some heavy lifting here by obviously oh, the, one, Lockie but Neil, 47. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, fourth was uh, Tim. Really? You'd, you'd think Ben would be doing better. You'd think yeah. my fellow Ben's I do enjoy be, uh, that Todd was in 112th because I, I don't enjoy the name Todd. Well, there's only Goldstein, isn't there? Yes. Is there an? Is there, I think that would have been the one, yeah. yeah. So I've got one in the uh, Lockie Neal controversy uh, thing. So Neil, obviously not in the All-Australian team. Yes. Nobody really complained. Nobody really – I mean, no. Brisbane supporters, yes. Like in it, you, you, you'd see a couple popping up saying, gee, Lockie had a good year, and he did. He did have a good year, but I couldn't slot him into that midfield. Nope. Of the of Butters. Not at all. You know, uh, Bontempelli, Nick Dacos, um, Zach Merritt on the bench. Like Noah Anderson, I would think, have a, yeah. had a better year than Lockie Neal. But in round six, this is the one that keeps coming up. Yeah. Lockie Neal had 20 disposals. Yeah. Six clearances. Uh, it was an eh sort of game. It was enough for three. It was not It was not like he was comfortably not the best player on the ground no. by anyone watching that game, three votes. And in that yeah, same game, in that same game, <laughs> Charlie Cameron kicked seven goals. Seven goals, yeah. two votes. And Josh Kelly had 41 disposals. That's insane. Didn't poll a vote. That's insane. Did not poll a vote. I've got, I've got so some others this here. Is now, uh, sorry, yeah, you go, you go. Uh, on the, on the um, bag of goals and... No votes. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Cameron, uh, 25 disposals and six goals, one vote. That, um, I remember it panned to Jeremy Cameron yep. as a, as a, the camera shot did as he showed yep. this, and his face is just like – he the, clearly had a few pints as well. There were several times where the camera panned to a table and everyone no, at the table was the like, fuck? what the fuck? Yeah, what? I, I couldn't believe it. Could um, not believe it. Nick Dacos, round four, 38 disposals and two goals. Not a single vote. Unbelievable. That is fucking stunning. That's a comfortable three-vote stat line <laughs> if I've ever seen one. Would have won him the medal. Would have won him the medal yep. if the umpires voted correctly. Um, the ghosts of Dom Sheed came back to haunt the pies again. Oh, uh, and they're 67 points smashing of yeah. the Eagles. Dom Sheed picked up three. I now, actually he, wasn't, he 42. I, I wasn't as mad about this it's one because bad, I was at this game he and got Dom Sheed disposals. was electric in he that was, game. He, he was, was huge. But they lost by 67 points. They did. They did. But again... Again, I, it wasn't the most egregious three votes of the night um, J- to, to me. This, this is the most egregious one by far. The JHF one. JHF, round 14. Or Francis. 13 touches, four turnovers, three votes. Just it boggles, how, how do you, boggles, how do you arrive the there? So I've I've I chucked up a little TikTok today. Ben, in the booth on TikTok if you want to give me a follow. Uh, I the, the, Today about why... Do we do this? Why is the most coveted individual award in uh, the AFL and VFL history voted on by the umpires? This is not a thing no. that happens in any other they, major they, sport across the, way, the world. They do not enjoy doing it. No, I'm sure they don't. They've, Their job is hard enough. They've come out and said like many times, many umpires like we don't want, we don't want to do it. They've got enough to fucking worry about. Yeah. Like with the constant <laughs> rule changing, different interpretations of the rules, getting abused by people all the time. They don't have time to properly analyze yeah. the games from a who was the best standpoint. The rule book is difficult enough to fucking implement. Yeah. And it's they're unreliable narrators in a way because there's too many of them. Yep. And all of these votes are collating together into one tally. So it doesn't really make sense. It's, yeah. too, it's too big of a pool where the votes, you, you don't know where these votes are coming from. You, you need a panel, you need a smaller group. So if the votes are awry, you can be like, well, here's the, these are the guys that pick yes. them. Yes. Well, here's, I've got a concept to pitch to you with how we fix this. Mm-hmm. So, 
at the end of every the, the voting isn't done on the night of the game. The voting is done at the end of every recording in the Fox Footy Studios of First Crack. We yes. put I'd, Joey, I'd like where this David is going. King, and Anthony Hudson in a bunker. They go Very in good. on every game and decide. David King decides Very the three good. votes. Joey Montagna decides the two Hutto votes. Gets the Hutto gets the one vote. And they are not allowed to talk about it afterwards. They literally, it's this, code of silence. This is a genius system. And they vote on every game. Yeah, I like that. They are clued in enough to do it. Yep. I guarantee you, if they were voting on every game, Dacos or Bont would have won. Look, you'll get some backlash on that, but I. Not from not agree. from true patricians, <laughs> but true patricians will understand that it's the only way. They'd do it happily. They would reluctantly accept because they know it's the best for the game. Yeah, uh, either way, anything else you got for Br- for Brownlow? For Brownlow, um, the goal of the year, uh, Jamie Elliott's incredible. Yeah, it was was tap back but in and Ashcroft run around. Won. Ashcroft Ash- won. I'm happy that Ashcroft won, but for Jamie Elliott to not even be considered. And Himmelberg to get uh, two ins. I'll tell you, I'm, I've am i got a fucking bone to pick with the Mark of the Year selection mm. committee because one, and we don't, we haven't, we're not doing Adopt Your Boy uh, anymore no. because the home and away season is over. But my dear son, my boy, <laughs> my boy, my Patrick Parnell yes. didn't even get nominated no. for his absolute there was a ripper. screamer. It was a screamer. Absolute screamer. <laughs> Comfortably better than the second Harry Himmelberg. He got yeah. nominated. Himmelberg got nominated fucking twice. Yeah. The second one, not that crash hot. There was many other better I marks. This I feel year. like if you're in for one, pick pick the best one. And if yes. you're if you're the pa- the panel or the yeah. powers that be, put one in. I think there should be more than three final nominees as yeah. well. well. I feel like there used to be five. Uh, there should be five. I there feel should like be they five. Definitely used. I mean, to be. I'm not mad at the ones that did win because, like yeah. Harry Himmelberg's that won excellent mark, and yeah. the goal from Ashcroft's uh, goal. Ashcroft's goal was phenomenal. I mean, everyone's the moment it happened, we yeah. all said it was, was fucking mental. Right it there. was mental. I gave him votes just for that, so I, just yeah. just for that so goal alone. It was it was fantastic. I'm trying to think of any other anything else that happened. Uh, was there any controversial outfits that any of the ladies wore? I, Not that I, miss, I could see. I missed see. the red carpet. Um, there wasn't anything particularly slutty. Uh, it was. You had to see it. Oh no, there was a tasteful amount of thigh, Good. and uh, you know there was a bit of cleavage out there, <laughs> but not, it was all above board. It was all, I think, quite tasteful. Um, but I don't like I, the I, fact I that if all it's the like the um, like your school ball, where. Uh, before you go to yeah. the ball, yeah, your, your, out, your date's outfit. I, I don't know if this happened at your school. I, d- I went to two school balls. But the um, your date's outfit would have to be cleared with the headmaster. Oh, no, that never happened with yeah, us. We, we had that. There was a lot of slutty outfits yeah. at our school balls. <laughs> it, it was uh, – it, it, well, I went to a private school that was a bit of a povo private school, so yeah. it was budget. Uh, yep. So you know you get a good mix of uh, you get a diverse pool of <laughs> of the uh, the the prom night outfits. Uh, but uh, I, I digress. What I think should happen with the the men's attire? You see all these lovely frocks that the ladies are wearing, but all the guys have to wear the same tux, yeah. which I don't like. I wouldn't be on that train. I'd be, Bro, I'd be I would, What I would fucking give to see like a Lira Leah in a full white suit, Akon style, like just. Rocking it, or, or you know, like, or who's a wacky dresser? Like, imagine, imagine, like Tom Liberatore 
in yeah. fucking paisley, like in, yeah. in a big or, like or the velvet, the velvet blue, at velvet least. blue. Oh god, yeah. Look at the suits Ron Barassi used to wear. <laughs> Rest in peace to the king. Like he used to wear them to games. Yeah, no, he was the, the the North Melbourne Premiership one. He was in a party shirt. He was in a legit like green and blue floral number. It I think was there was fantastic. a there was a clip that we played last week, and he had the monster. Monster collar, yes, which I'd like to see make a like comeback. Enormous collar, like it was like wings. <laughs> anyway, uh, other other football news, and this is more of a somber note for the Pies selection troubles we've got going into this mm. grand final. Tay Adams has been ruled out, as has Daniel McStay. Yes. So t- Taylor Adams and Dan McStay both injured. They will not play in the grand final. Prayers up to these boys. Yeah, that's that's yeah. heartbreaking, isn't it? Adams in particular, like he has been a workhorse for the club and yeah. has done whatever <clears throat> they've needed him to do since trading him. He's been one of our one of the best trades in club history, I, I think. Would, I would him think, along yeah. with Jack Crisp. It's they've been so consistent and Adams has really taken a backseat out of the midfield this year mm. and played that role off of half forward so well as just an extra forward pushing to the contest. Like mm. we, uh, he would have been a walk-up start. No oh, danger, e- easily. No danger of being dropped. Easily, um, easily. So easily. now the question is that I will put to you: mm. Who are the two guys we bring in well, to the Collingwood uh, well, best twenty-two? McStay being out as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, so a I, tall and a small, ideally. Yeah. So McStay, I think there's really only one option. You have to roll Mason Cox forward. Yep. To play that role, which is hard because. The past couple of weeks, he's been killing it in the ruck. Yes, he's he's done very well. Yeah. He's a finals player. Yeah, he's, he is a finals he's, he's player. Gotten, um, I was looking at his hitouts to advantage. He's got about four times as many as uh, Darcy Cameron does. Yeah, he's he his body work in particular mm. in the ruck has gotten so much Hugely better in the improved. last Hugely in the improved. last two years. So roll you have to roll Cox forward to take yes. that. Um, yes. Obviously, Darcy Cameron doing the doing the ruck. Uh, you bring in. You could bring in. Um, I mean, you could bring in Frampton. You could bring you? in Frampton. Uh, I mean, Noble. Noble, you'd surely have give him a shout. Noble would have to be a shout, but yeah. also Ginevan was the sub. So True. do you put? Do you roll Ginevan into the team and make Noble the sub? Yeah. That Other seems, way around. That seems logical. Other names I've got down here: Finn McRae. Oh, you could you could chuck Finn McRae into the mix. The dice on McRae. You can slot him in for Adams, like half forward. Yeah. But don't don't kick goals. Oh, push to a, the that's a push to the contest as an extra number. You could. But how's, how's the you pressure? You could chuck in it. This is and this is a bit of a left wing conspiracy theory yeah. pick here. Now, for to replace McStay mm. in the forward line, but he can rotate into the ruck. He can play wherever you need him, wherever you need a big body. One, Nathan Kruger. Holy shit. He is primed and ready to go. He's not injured. Hang on, didn't we delist him? No, no, we have not delisted Nathan oh, Kruger. The Kruger. He, the Kruger is still on the team. <laughs> okay. And no, we can get him in. The problem with Krugs is his style is so kamikaze. Yeah, it is. So yeah. suicide bomber. He just throws yeah. himself at every contest. Well, it's finals. There is no tomorrow. It doesn't matter if you injure yourself in this game. I've got a, I've got a stat here. As long as day. you take two blokes down with you, Nathan, <laughs> just throw yourself <laughs> at that ball. This is how, how much uh, of an impact McStay's had in the last 10 weeks. He's now, been very good. Now, he started the season, no, I wouldn't say poorly, but a bit slowly, perhaps not finding the role that... Um, but they brought him over for. He did cop an early injury. He did as well. well. The last 10 weeks, he's the number one in the competition for converting targets, uh, inside 50 targets into scores. Yes. He's no one is better at converting, being hit, 
to a score, and he's kicked 17 goals. Well, the signs of him being this player were so clearly there at Brisbane as well. Like yeah, he's, 100%. He was arguably the best overhead mark in the team, along with Lincoln McCarthy, who's I'm very worried about. That's a danger player on, yeah. on the weekend. But he just clunks him. Like, and that's... That is worth its weight in gold. People were saying, people were really naysaying this trade. I thought they were, uh, yeah. they were saying that McStay <clears throat> a lot of people were. wasn't going to be in our best twenty-two, and he was. He, like you know, we were overpaying for him. Blokes who are six and a half feet tall who can take contested marks like him do not mm. grow on trees. No. That skill alone, and the fact that he's a good set shot at goal, he's, he's that is worth the money. I was listening that is to, worth the money. I was listening to Scott Pendlebury's podcast yesterday, and he was talking about um, his athleticism, yes, and, and how impressive it, uh, it is for such a large man. And uh, like you say, that doesn't grow on trees. It's not, not like many. It's, not many big guys can have that athleticism. Midfielders that are a dime a dozen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you could, it, it, most blokes at these days in the AFL, if you're if you're under six foot four, you can play in the midfield. You've got the fitness to do it. Otherwise, what are you doing on Look, an AFL we'll list? Touch, we'll touch more. Not on everyone the can be the big boy. Not everyone. We'll touch more on the pies later, but we'll continue with some other footy news and, yes, and go stats. On. Um, <clears throat> um, coaches. There's yes. a few things with coaches. We do yeah. love them. Chris Fagan will be the second person to coach in a VFL, AFL grand final without having played any games, any VFL, yeah. AFL games themselves. Good on you, Fags. Now, the last time this happened was in the early 1900s. Oh, 1904, 1906. We love a historic stat. Uh, for Carlton, and I... Assume that's the same guy. Oh, Jake Jack Warrell is his name, and then he did oh, it. Oh, Warrell, yeah, he, he was. I've been reading S- about him. Yeah, Essendon yeah, yeah. in uh, 1911 to 1912. Never yeah, game. so it hasn't Very happened cool. in over 100 years. Yeah, it's it's so rare, and I think it should happen more. Hopefully, yeah. in the next in the next hundred years, we get more of it happening because. Um, I my toxic trait is thinking I could coach an AFL team no oh, dramas. Like, and now this gives me hope. 100%. Like where if Fagan well, can shout do it. Out, shout out to uh, Freddie, a friend of the show who yes. um, has dabbled into coaching the under fourteens. Oh, the yes. um, uh, what were they? The the Raptors was it? Yeah, no, they got beaten by the Raptors. That's where that's the route we'd have to take. We'd have to first yeah. just get a young team. Yep. and then you just move up an age group each year. Uh, while we're on coaches, Adam Kingsley's been crowned coach of the year and a very good pick. Yeah, we've would, been we've been flagging it all year and absolutely um, deserved. I would say that's very I would I would honestly give a shout to Voss as well for yeah, I think that's the good. way he turned it around for uh you know that that's he absolutely brought them back from the brink. And yeah. the fact that we'll get to the games Carlton made a fucking prelim after after all of the shit after all it's of they the started playing for the emblem or the, for the emblem uh, <laughs> after the the doldrums, the lacklustre performances, the abuse they were copying, the lowest point that the club had been at in my life, I think, those yeah. few weeks. Well, because they've where, always been quite middling, and that's yeah. the problem. And this year they looked not middling. They looked, they looked fucking terrible. terrible. They looked terrible. And to bring them back, I think, honourable mention or runner-up, yeah, you've like got to give it to Vossi. I like you've that. You've got to do it. Um, I've got a good stat here. This this finals campaign, the final series, mm. every game has been won by the team that uh, is the first in al- alphabetical order. That's not good for Brisbane, so, Collingwood. Collingwood, Melbourne. Yeah. Collingwood. Yes. Brisbane, Port Adelaide. Brisbane, Carlton, mm-hmm. Sydney. It goes on. It goes on and um, on. All the way through to these prelims. Collingwood, GWS. Collingwood. Oh. Um, and, of course, uh, Brisbane, Carlton. 
Brisbane by Shit. one letter. So and now it's one letter, Brisbane, Collingwood. Oh, yeah. dear. Ominous. Oh, that's very ominous. Very ominous. That's very, very ominous. All right. So, so let's get into the – oh, we've got one more one more, one more news very, story there. Very good friend of the show, Jared Waitley. Yeah. Oh, from all angles. Uh, um, he's, it's, it's great to be here, boys. <laughs> You're interviewing. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what did you want, Corey? Uh, I've just dialed in. Now, we, Jared, we understand you've um, had some problems with Ticker Tech. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it's, <laughs> they are unaccountable. Now, I did do an editorial. Uh, there's a special place in hell for Ticker Tech. <laughs> As footy fans, we are all hostage to the most unaccountable organisation in public life in this country. (laughs) A company that never speaks to its customers, never acknowledges the pain and always claims to be doing a great job, much like the Liberal Party. (laughs) Just a faceless organisation that treats us with absolute contempt because we have no other options of dealing with anybody else. Worse than Qantas, worse than Public Transport Victoria, just glib statements that pass the buck and screw you over. It's scandalous. I'd love to have the Chief Executive of Ticketek front up and answer your questions, but who would even know who that is? Be damned, Ticketek. Be damned straight to hell. <laughs> Be damned straight well, I can't, to I, hell. I can't believe we just got Jared to to call in. Uh, thank you, Jared. Wow, not pulling any punches. Now, uh, that, our man. That is an unbelievable tirade. He's fucking spot That's on. It's definitely He's spot on. He's spot on, Jared and, Waitley. I mean, it seems to be worse every year. And, and you look at not just um, not just football either, but I mean, everything's obviously online now. And the fees. There's just like three different fees. For nothing. Like They're what not, is, what are we doing? Convenience fee? Like what is what is it's, that? It's scalping. It's a website. It is it is scalping, but it's institutionalized <laughs> scalping. They're, so there, there has been some issues um, with grand final tickets this week because uh, apparently um, the top tier of Collingwood members, which is tier yeah. four or something, yeah. there's 6,000 people that were unable to access tickets. I'm, not good. As as of right now, I'm not sure if it's sorted out, but it looks like the AFL's fucked up 6,000 seats. Yeah. Which is, yeah, not great Not good. All. And I tell you who, how they would have fucked it up, and this is a bit of guesstimation or speculation mm. from me. They've just given too many corporate seats out and they've promised seats to too many well, different... It's, it's stunning if you look at it, like the amount of... Um, seats available to buy for the grand final is phenomenally low. Yeah, it's only like forty thousand. Yeah, it's cr- yeah, I think it's, it's less, way less. Yeah, than well, that. it's so there's thirty five thousand allocated for members, I believe. Yes, yeah, something like then that. Then there's twenty thousand allocated for AFL members yep. who have like packages just for no club in particular, but yeah, they Hall are Hall of Famers, AFL, et cetera. Uh, no, yep. no, like people who pay premium oh, to, okay. yep, yep, um, yep. like you get first dibs on yep, uh, yep. A, on on footy tickets, but for not aligned to a club. I believe that's what um, Harry. Good friend of the show, yes, Harry. Yes, yes. So, like, I think MCC falls under that, yep. and uh, a, a bunch of other subcategories. And then it's all corporate comps. There's a little bit of general public, but very small, I believe. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> so that's why prelims are the real, you know, hardcore legion yep. of fans sorts of games to go to because it's actual fucking working class footy fans yeah, for the on. most part. It, it, yeah, it's. Uh, so yeah, very shouts out if you missed out on a grand final ticket. We, I'm, I'm. 
Like they're in a parallel universe where Paul McCartney doesn't announce he's touring, we would probably have been trying to get grand final tickets instead. <laughs> I'm glad we're not actually because we yep. would we would have missed out. Yeah, 100%, we would have missed out. 100%. Like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened, and that's just depressing. Um, uh, the last one we've got on the agenda here is the North assistance package has been announced today. Yeah, so North um are still shit. What's with that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the package um, which has been confirmed today by the AFL. Uh, I'll just outline it here and we can go through it. Yeah, go on. So one end of first round selection in the 2023 AFL draft. Currently pick 19. So they're getting pick 19, 19 is pretty, for free. 19's a pretty decent pick. Two end of first round selections in the 2024 AFL draft. Currently picks 19 and 20. Oh, huge. Yeah, that's massive. That's massive. And the continuation of the club's ability to have two additional rookie list spots in season two, uh, 2024. So the question, I guess, is do they go for the kids or do they trade, they trade out? I think <clears throat> they trade them. I think they absolutely I have think to they trade, trade them. them. I mean, their midfield's immense. Well, and they've also got heaps of young guns on the team. Yeah. It is already a very young list. And, and they've and they've finally got um, Clarko in the saddle, yep. which has taken all year to do. So what you need is... Like some aging role players who yeah. can get, who are like, you know, maybe 28, 29 and above, who have got a, a season or two left in them, who can mentor these kids, get you some good stats on field, and finish their career at North under Clarko. Yeah, I like that. So, like, you know, there's, there's, I don't know what positions they sort of need. Yeah. But Goldstein's not playing for them well, anymore. You, that's you a think, huge loss. Yeah, that, that is huge. I was about to say, you'd think you'd just you'd go for key position players, surely, because yeah. that midfield... They've lost Ben Mackay. That's, that's have, he's, yeah. he's uh, from all accounts, going to Essington. is set, and you've just got to let it cook. Yeah. You've, you've got to let him cook. You've got to let him cook. let them cook. So you need a key back. Uh, you need... You, you've got Nick Larkey in a key forward. Yep. So you just need a key defender who's going to who's gonna finish his career at North. You know, maybe... Look, uh, uh, Jeremy McGovern. I don't know oh, if you can make a play for him if he's geez. re-signed or anything. I think, but I think you want someone with a bit more legs. Yeah, Just a maybe, maybe I'm legs. being a bit too... I think, I'm being he, a, I think Mc, I'm being uh, McGovern's a bit there. too Twilight. Maybe a Mitch McGovern. Oh. Maybe a Mitch McGovern. Okay. Yeah, so All you right. just go the you go the, big, you go the big rate, McGovern. Mind. Yeah, well, I, I been, don't mind it. There's been some backlash for this already. Um, yes. Chris Scott, um, Geelong coach... Uh, blatant manipulation. Chris Scott fumes at North Melbourne's assistant package. Wait, you're telling me Chris Scott was <laughs> violently angry at something? Yeah. I'm shocked. I mean, he's got some good points here. He says, yes. um, if you finish second last, you get the second pick in the draft. And, th and they've had that for a number of years now because they chose to go down that path. The AFL has got to pretty quickly get to the point, in my view, where they just get out of the way and let the system operate with without this blatant manipulation. Now, he goes on to reference uh, Clarko and um, Hawthorne, which is ironic because Clarko is now at North. Yes. Uh, the problem here is in any business, there is always lag. You can't look at this season and go, okay, you finished second last, so we've got to support you again. There's so many top five picks now. Look at the midfielders they've got. What they can't do now is go, now all of a sudden you've got a dominant midfield because you've had all of these picks and take something away because they can't take anything no. away. They can only give. So... Clarko, Clarko's a genius because that Hawthorne team, if you go back, was made of Hodge pick one, Franklin pick four, and Roughhead pick two. And he and Hodge were, a pro were priority picks. So you get that lag and then all of a sudden you go... Bang. Yeah, okay. And that's exactly what happened. It did happen, didn't it? I forget that Hawks got yeah. priority picks yeah. for that. Two of them. So let's. So there's, there's, two, there's two sort of outcomes here. 
either north get real good, real in, fast, in, real fast, which I can honestly see. I happening. can see happening. Yeah. I can absolutely see it happening with with an uninterrupted Clarko coaching season, or they continue to be shit house. <laughs> if North continue to be shit house, let's say they don't make finals for another ten years. Oh God! What honestly? What do you do then? And this is DEFCON 1 scenario. Like, do you fold the club? I think it would fold before 10 years. Before. Yeah. So do you fold it or do you relocate relocate or merge it with the Suns perhaps? It would relocate. I I say, I had this thought today in the shower. Yeah. If Gold Coast Suns and North Melbourne do not make finals for the next, let's say, eight years, neither of them can make the finals, you merge them and move them to the Northern Territory. Oh, God. Jesus, I don't think that I don't think the AFL will ever give up on the Suns because that was their that's there's their baby. There's too much sunk cost. Yeah, there's yeah. there is too much sunk cost there. They, they'll never admit fault. Well, just move North Melbourne to the territory then. Yeah, the Northern Kangaroos. I could get it. I could get around. Plenty, plenty, plenty there's plenty of kangaroos, of kangaroos in fucking Darwin. In Alice Springs, there's plenty. I think they'd have to change the colours. I don't like white and blue for the Northern Territory. Yeah, you um change them to just like. Red and blue, maybe. Okay, you need need a bit of ochre orange in there. I, I would think. Well, then it's too similar to the chrome, I think. And GWS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. Just red and like red and sky blue. Look, maybe. graphic design is my passion. <laughs> hey, I could, yeah. I could look, sort uh, it out. we we can source something. We can source something here. So is that it for graphic, football graphic news? Graphic design is not my passion. You know, uh, it's that, not. It's no one's. <laughs> it's no one's passion. Um, just just one more, actually. Just one more. Yeah. Uh, the Suns have won the VFL. Oh, yeah, they beat Werribee. Unfortunately, yeah. I was yeah. kind of pulling for Werribee I was here. pulling for Werribee yeah. also. But in uh, Waffle News, WAFL News, the – I will say underdogs because I, I think they – Comfortably were the East Frio Sharks have broken a twenty-five year. Um, well, they hiatus. were. I don't think they were underdogs going into the game. They were the best team all season. Pro- probably yeah. not going into the game, but with the yeah. twenty-five year drought. Yes, and, I mean, yes. and Peel Thunder had a, eleven or twelve Frio listed yep. players, including Will Brody, yes. who's been Again. dominating. Again. He's been dominating, and I mean, they had it from the start. Eighty-five to forty-six, go Sharks! Yeah, go and, the Sharkies. Um, fun fact: the our intro song by the band. Dennis Cometti, uh, those boys support these for our sharks. There we go. Shouts out, Dennis Cometti. Very good stuff. Uh, and uh, I believe oh, the Sandful finals uh, happened as well. Uh, the Crom did not make it. Paddy Parnell lost in the prelim. Oh, dear. Um, let me just pull that up because I forget. Who While you're pulling that up, that I'll game. just rattle off one more. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time in history um, the preliminary final losses from the previous year have faced off in a current grand final. I love that. So it was uh, Sturt. Uh, sorry, Glenelg, Glenelg, Glenelg. Glenelg St- they beat Sturt, uh, yeah. the Ws. So like that. moving on, let's go to let's get into these games and get a bit of analysis going. The preliminary finals did indeed happen, ladies and gentlemen, and the Pies are going to the big dance. They are. This was a very tight butthole. We're game. on the dance floor. I <laughs> the I, hips are moving. When the I'm doing the Charleston, ladies and gents, I can't fucking believe it. We're going to the granny. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, it, oh, it's Amazing. now real. It's now absolutely real. Yeah. Um, now, very tight butthole here. Oh, incredible very game. Very tight Incredible butthole. game of football. If we can jump jump to the end, which is an odd way to analyse the game. But yes. there's six and a half minutes. Yes. The last six and a half minutes where the Pies uh, stopped any any score. Incredible. You it wouldn't, was... You wouldn't, you wouldn't read about it. I mean, it's... it's not only our back six being so well drilled yet again, much like the Melbourne game, um, but 
the game situational awareness and you can tell how well-trained Collingwood are for situations yep. like these because it's the midfield, it's the full buy-in from everybody. We know we are one point up. Yeah. You cannot allow GWS the space to move the ball. Desperation. It's crazy. It's disguising. It's disguising the intent of we don't want the ball to leave the bottom of this pack. Yeah. We need to milk the clock. That everyone was doing so well. Like it's those moments where you're getting tackled. You have the ball instead of just dragging it in blatantly, which you're not allowed to do, no. you bobble it around a bit and then yeah. you nudge your guy, keep it under your feet, nudge him again, take 10 seconds off instead of one second. Little things like that were done to a T in now, those last six and a half huge minutes. huge standouts here. I mean, obviously the best on ground by a long shot was Jordan Dugowie. Um, huge. 34 disposals, 13 yeah. clearances and six score involvements. Now, uh, maybe... There were some personal bests here. 13 clearances is a personal best for him. Yeah. Um, he's been playing... Um, now, David King, our Lord and Saviour, oh, yes. alluded to this on SEN that um, the past uh, six or so weeks he's been playing as a bit more uh, of an uncontested possession player. Yes. A bit of a corridor uh, run through. And that would obviously be because Nick Dacos has been out. And now Nick Dacos is back. He's the, the raging bull. Yep. It's, so, and it's his true role. 13 it clearances is yeah. a personal best. 18 contested possessions. Oh, my God. That's Just, a personal best as well. It was arguably his best game ever as a yep. as an AFL player. It was and, unbelievable. And he, was, I, he, was I, making, I, he was making very good players look like rookies. It was just the strength of him, the size, the speed. Uh, he was he was phenomenal. A shout out to uh, uh, who I thought was one of GWS's best on, mm. especially in the second half. Connor Iden off of half. Oh back. yeah, yeah. He only had the sixteen touches, but eight of them were intercept possessions, and every time it seemed that he needed to make a play off of halfback, whether that was leaving his own man to find the football or winning a really big one-on-one. He was distributing the ball really well. Yep. He looks strong. He looks fast. He is, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. GWS are not going away. No, it was a, They're not it going away. It was a cracky game because, I mean, what's that, what's that um, classic expression? A, um, a movable object meets an unstoppable force. Yes. They're, they're yes. very similar in the way that they were attacking the game and rolling on. And fuck, it went down to the fucking wire. It did go down to the wire. <laughs> and it was um, like, it was the pies started fast, but they didn't did. really get a huge lead on the scoreboard. We kicked the opening two. Yeah. McStay won me a bit of money on first goal. That yes, was all right. Yes. Uh, and, but then GWS started to really react from a coaching perspective and a ball movement perspective. They were finding pockets of space to kick the ball into, finding their way through our zone, which I yeah. thought was like, it, it looked very dangerous. It I was did, like, yeah. if this. We need to make some adjustments. Yeah, it was then, it, it was on a razor's edge. Then the game just ebbed and flowed so much. Collingwood in the third quarter started to find their run again, started crisp, to open crisp it up. Crisp in the third quarter, I yes. think, that really blew it open. And then, like, big goals, like converting your chances. Bobby Hill kicked a ripper. Mason, Mason Cox to kick the winning oh. goal. And what ended up being the winning goal that of the game. That was incredible. It, huge that goal. Was huge. Huge. Was huge. He's a finals think, uh, player. My favourite. He, he He's a finals player. My my favourite uh, goal of the game was uh, Bo McCreary. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, talk me came, through that one again. It, yeah, was... it came off half back, an intercept mark by Jeremy Howe. He yes. drifted in from the side into a pack, um, took the intercept mark, and his eyes just lasered. He's like, where, where is it going? Kicked it straight to the corridor, um, center half forward. I can't remember who, who took it, mm. but whoever took it turned around, instantly delivered to McStay at the top of the square. 
He's kind of fumbled it, slapped it down, and McCreary's just hoovered it up, yep. ran about three metres and fucking smashed Small it Small forward work, 101. <laughs> Get to the feet of the big man. But it took, Get to it the took, crumb. It took all of about 15 seconds, yep. if that, to get from Howe at the half-back line to McCreary's goals. And what, what brand do we like? Transition, Transition footy. We fucking love it. And just <laughs> shouts out, Giants. I mean, this this was such a knife-edge game. It could have gone either way. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch these two teams play again for oh, the next fuck yeah. five fucking years. It, it, it's going to be amazing. Fuck and yeah. the other preliminary final, uh, the Carlton race has been run. Brisbane, yeah. perfect at the Gabba. 79 to 63 here. It was uh, – Carlton had a red-hot crack. like They they did. A very electric start. Yes. But, I mean, they got found out very quickly um, with an inability to adapt. Yep. So Brisbane adapted and – Carlton did well, it's adapt. just it's inevitable at the Gabba that they're going to get on top of you in the midfield, even if they don't yeah. start doing that. Yeah. Like Carlton, like we're getting a lot of clearances, bang goal, bang goal. At centre bounces, McInerney started to get his hands on it a yes. bit more. Neil started to get his hands on it. Dunkley, yeah. these they're going to run over you at the Gabba. Exactly. It's just going to happen. What, what was surprising to me is that they. And again, with not adapting, they it wasn't working for the back, the latter stages of the game, for most of the game, really. And they just kept, they kept doing it. They were yeah. rolling, um, they were rolling an extra man up to the contest, and that just let um, Keaton Coleman. Yeah, Coleman was uh, uh, incredible, and he was I have immense. been, I have been singing his praises for a while now. But Keaton they were just Coleman. leaving him to do it. Yeah, because it's they were willing to take the gamble, like you said. Like it's 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 all about where your loose player is in modern footy the, uh, uh, for the most one, part. Number one scoring, uh, number one for score involvements on the ground from half back. Yeah, he's he's such a beautiful kick. Yeah. he's quick, backs himself in the air like Keaton Coleman. I, I tipped him for All-Australian this year. It didn't work out. I am absolutely going to tip him for All-Australian next year. Like yep. Off of that half-back line, he puts together 20 games. He's in. Yeah, he's absolutely in. It's un- unfortunate uh, nickname. They, they've all, Kitty. Well, Kitty. I don't, I don't, yeah, don't know if I'd love that. It's it's a bit. It's yeah. You, you don't know why it makes you uncomfortable, mm, but it does. it does. Yeah, there's a bit of <laughs> pedo factor about it. I'm not sure, but he's a phenomenal player. Maybe you could, if you were going to give him a new nickname, lean into the coal. Like, yeah, you know, I think, like I, think the, I would. The coal miner. Yeah. Well, hang maybe. on. Well, what's the um? What's the guy's name? Not Chad. That's Chaz Brownlow. Uh, John Coleman. John Coleman. Yeah. Call him Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, that's good. I like <laughs> nicknames that are just other men's first names. That's very yeah. Johnny. Johnny. Well, I like you know you could just call him the Coal Man. I like that. Be good. The like he, he delivers you coal. <laughs> uh, like he he works in the mines. He's a FIFO kitty. It's very WA WA base. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we don't have co- we don't do coal in WA, no, don't we? We no, just do no, minerals we don't, we don't and do like coal. and shit like that. Iron ore is the big one. Iron ore. We do a lot. Well, I think we're we're expanding into nickel. Lithium I think, as well. Lithium, nickel and lithium. Lithium's giving uh, iron ore a run for its money. Well, the, the super pit's nickel, isn't it? That's a nickel mine. I believe that was gold. Was it? I think. All right. Well, well it's in Kalgoorlie. Yeah, Kalgoorlie that's the gold, gold towns. Fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> either way, either way, uh, those those were the prelims. Uh, no, we could probably get into uh, other sporting news, perhaps, because there was a fair bit uh, of it there this is week. A lot. And considering we're not doing adopt your boy, and uh, like it, no. it's, it's so hard to do <clears> the segments when it's not the home and away season anymore. Um, it's been a big week in other sports. Yeah, and uh, I understand you've you've done some some journalisming. The Rugby World Cup is absolutely stunning here. The um, the Wallabies have put in the worst effort in history. Yep. 
uh, for World Cup history. I did not least. watch a second of it. Right. So, I mean, last week we uh, reported their stunning loss to Fiji, which wasn't that stunning. A lot of people predicted it. Yes. But um, that was huge. They've uh, now capitulated to Wales, uh, 46. Um, in terms of margin, it was the worst loss Australia has suffered at a World Cup, eclipsing the 24-point margin in the 2019 quarterfinal. Gone are the days of George Gregan. They were never... never and Lottie Takiri. Never even in the contest yeah. for a single second. Um, yeah, it's... Until last week, the Wallabies had lost just three World Cup pool matches in 36 years. Now they've lost six. That's just, it's not good enough. So it's not good enough. They're out. They're out of the World Cup now. It would take a mathematical miracle, which I believe um, since reading this article, that has, has not happened. Yes. Yeah, okay. so yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, are, yeah. they are out. Yep. Um, yeah, they've got a, a match on Sunday against Portugal and... I didn't even know the Portuguese fucking played rugby. At, at this point, I'm, uh, Portugal's going to win. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I chuck Ronaldo out there. He'll do. He'll, he'll run rings around so us. So the 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 reason why this has happened is um, Eddie Jones has gone for youth over experience. Yeah, but I mean you, that's that's all well and good, but you do need some experience to guide the ship along, not yes. just a full tank of yes, full tank of young guns. Um, and they've been they've been destroyed. We're out of the World Cup. Um, a more interesting match that happened was uh, South Africa versus Ireland. Now, the Irish were huge underdogs in this. South Africa are the dominant force in world rugby along with yes. New Zealand. 13-8 um, to eight in a stunning, stunning game. I watched a replay of this. Phenomenal, phenomenal effort from the Irish here. Love that. The, I um, were, it, Ire, Ireland across all sports, yeah. so easy to support. Yeah, they're, so, com so they're coming up in cricket at the moment as well. Test, Love that. Test cricket, they beat uh, they beat England earlier this year, Good which Lord. was like stunning. They did okay at the last World Cup as well. Um, and also, it goes without saying, but uh, up the IRA. Uh, yeah, we're let's go. Huge fans. Yeah, huge we, are, fans. we are big yep. fans yes. of, um, of domestic... Honk, honk if Thatcher's dead. Domestic uh, domestic terrorism. Yeah, of course, of course. All the way. Yes. Uh, but yeah, South Africa are renowned for being an extremely cohesive defensive unit. They're impenetrable. And there was um, some plays here where the Irish were just fucking unabating. Hell and yeah. Finally, they were just pushing and pushing right on the try line and... and Getting through. It was unbelievable to watch. So, so we're, 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 we're back in Ireland for Ireland's the rest of the, the comp, Ireland, we? Ireland's the bandwagon yep, team We're here. getting on the bandwagon. We will the follow Irish. them throughout the World Cup for sure. Uh, I've got one. It's uh, it's it's really a, um, uh, a very obvious piece of news, but Premier League is uh, six games into the season. Yes. And what a fucking surprise. Manchester City are undefeated uh, <laughs> on the top of the table with six wins, zero losses. Yep. Liverpool coming up close behind in second on 16 points. And in third, Brighton, no. Brighton Hove Albion. Oh. The Seagulls. They I guess are now, I've seen their logo. It looks like it's now, drawn by yeah, a so grade these, three. These person. were so throughout my life, Brighton have been a you know fighting relegation sort of club, like yeah. in the championship, like really not a Premier League sort of side. They have really turned their their entire the, the fortune of their club around by being a feeder club to a lot of these other now, teams. I have a question. Yes. Does this turn around? I mean, I feel like you're about to explain it, but does this turn around involve Saudi money? No. Uh, no, so they have not been bought out by the Saudis. They're going the Leicester City they're route. Going the, but, well, I, at this stage, if I was a Saudi prince, yeah. I'd be looking at Brighton. Yeah, good. I'd be absolutely looking at good. them. You know, they, they, Newcastle have so been bought out. What's the story with Ange Postacoglu and So I was just about to get to that. Tottenham are in fourth. 
So okay, they good. are they so are doing well. They're in it. Four wins, two losses. They've just had a very tight. Um, I believe it was a draw to uh, Arsenal? to Arsenal. Yeah. Um, they're playing much better football than they have been uh, in my lifetime. Really, I know it's only four games in, I mean, six games in. It's hard not to be. I'm a bandwagoner for uh, Premier League. So yep. it's hard not to be on the Spurs. With, yes. With well, so. I I am. Yeah. The, my my uh, beloved. Chelsea Football Club are in 14th. Uh, Jesus. Cannot score a goal to save our lives. How, how uh, the are past, they that far down? The past year and a half of watching, attempting to watch Chelsea play football <laughs> has been the most bored I've ever been watching. There's no – we can't score a goal. We've, we've, we've spent – Close to a billion dollars in the last three tra- in the last three seasons. If you combine all of our transfer money spent, four seasons perhaps, we're talking a billion dollars, and we cannot put the ball in the back of the net. It is frightening. Uh, but on other uh, actual soccer football news, now, dear listener, you may remember from a few episodes back, mm. I teased. Uh, a bit of banter about Neymar. Oh, Neymar, now, yes. Now, Neymar's now gone to Saudi Arabia. He's uh, playing... Al Hilal. Uh, playing for Al Hilal, <laughs> uh, which uh, more power to him. Take Get the bag, King. Yeah, get the bag. Get out of PSG. It's a it's a farmer's league. You want to go play with the big boys <laughs> in Riyadh, in Jeddah, in these buzzing metropolis of a progressive paradise of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> But this story I've got here. I don't is, like beers or women anyway. Oh, so b- bacon is shit house. Have, I hate it. To have bacon, beers, and women just gone off from the, the game, table. I, off the table. That's very appealing to me. I, you know, we'd be going to the camel races as well. <laughs> you know, we'd be punting on the camel races. Huge industry over there. And my Actu- humour would just pop off. Actually, they'd love women, it. Am I right? You've got the beard All for the boys it as well. Would be like, <laughs> He said it. You just get me, Chori. You get me so much. Uh, Now, so this is a and this is a credit I've got to give to the Upshot, which is a sort of football banter Twitter account. So this is about Neymar's mother. Now, strap yourself in for this one, Corey. Strap yourself in because it's a bit of a doozy. Fantastic. (laughs) And I'm just going to read these tweets verbatim because they've done a really good job. The upshot, credit to them. Neymar's life is an absolute circus and his his truly mental family (laughs) don't help. There's a man after my own heart. The contract for his move to Barca, this is way back in the day when he was playing for Barcelona, included an orgy for his dad. But his his mum's fling with a 22-year-old caused even more carnage. From mystery death threats to broomsticks up of assholes, here's the story. The chaos kicks off in February 2020 when Neymar's recently divorced mother, Nadine. Now remember bloody Nadine. Not a very Brazilian name. Not a very Brazilian name. Nadine flies to Paris for her son's birthday party. After politely enduring Thomas Tuchel, manager, tedious lecture on 343s, she spots a chiselled young gentleman (laughs) lingering by the buffet. Oh, God. The perfect escape. Fingers dripping with gold-flecked caviar, he introduces himself as Tiago Ramos, a 22-year-old video gamer and good friend... (laughs) And good friend of Neymar. Now, if you could, if you could just have a look at, if you could go to the other camera, Corey, we'll show up in a video. This is Thiago Ramos. He's an absolute stud. <laughs> I'll try and focus it. No, I can't do it. You, you can't see it. You can't see it. I'll bring look, up a, you, I'll bring up a photo of him on the uh, him, on yeah, the yeah, feed. Get Thiago, bro. He is an Adonis of a man. Now, for for a guy that, that that's that attractive to have the top line of your 
bio be video game mode? Well, he must be like a Twitch guy, I guess. Uh, either way, or maybe a competitive guy. Despite the 34-year age gap, they hit it off oh, right he, away. he is handsome, He's a he? very handsome man. Tiago, Tiago regales her with his kill stats on Fortnite, and there they begin a passionate <laughs> no, romance. No, he didn't. These, they're taking a bit of editorialising here, <laughs> but I like it. On Easter Sunday, the pair announce their love to the world with a post captioned, the inexplicable cannot be explained, you just live it. Very live, laugh, love. Oh, Neymar Jesus. comments on the post below, be happy, mum, love you. Uh, Real sun cuck so, behaviour. And this is his friend. This is his mate. Oh, his God. mate banging his mum. Even his father takes a rare break from orgies to offer his congrats. Neymar's, oh, Neymar's father a is a bit of a... rare break yeah. from orgies. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, it's front page news. Brazilian oh, tabloids I... gleefully announce Neymar's stepdad is six years younger than him. Other headlines follow. Tiago is bisexual. Tiago slept with Neymar's personal chef. Tiago cheated on his ex-boyfriend with a 76-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Disturbed by the revelations, Neymar goes nuclear and orders Nadine to dump Tiago. Instead, she hatches a clandestine plot. Nadine secretly installs Tiago into a snug bedsit round the corner from her Sao Paulo condo, paying him regular moonlight visits. But things are about to go badly wrong. One night, Nadine's neighbours are woken by loud arguing and the sound of glass smashing. Oh dear. They call the police. Tiago has punched a window and is stretched to hospital where he has 12 stitches and a nasty gash on his arm. Don't punch windows, folks. Don't it, do it. it. It's ends very cut very behavior. Poorly. Have you ever punched a window? No, but oh yes, I have. But <laughs> <laughs> I was I was alluding to a, a friend that I had um, in high school. Um, he punched punched a window with um, some testosterone fueled puberty rage. Yeah, we, it's sliced, a big deal. Yeah, sliced uh, all the tendons in his wrist. Took years to recover. That's that's don't do it. You just don't. Just do don't it. do it. Uh, Neymar is quizzed on the incident before a big PSG game. Clearly irked by the question, he insists it was a domestic incident. But in private. He is furious. On the phone to friends, Neymar brands Tiago, and this is a slur that I am not going to say on the pod, <laughs> a little slur that rhymes with maggot. Oh, okay. And they joke about shoving a broom handle up his ass. Jesus. Unfortunately for Neymar, one of his pals leaks the audio of this conversation. <laughs> An LGBT campaigner named Agrippino Magahales oh. reports Neymar to police for threatening to introduce a broomstick into the mother's boyfriend's anus. He accuses the striker of wanting homosexuals to be impaled alive. So this has just ballooned out into a hate crime fest now for Neymar. There is, however, one upside to the violent outburst. Tiago runs a mile and for six happy months, Neymar is free to focus on football. He's out of the picture. His mum's not banging his 22-year-old friend anymore. This is bizarre. He hits a rich vein of form, scoring a Champions League hat-trick and breaking several <laughs> PSG records. But it's not long before Tiago is back. Oh, fuck. After a whirlwind session on <laughs> Xbox Live, Nadine revives her romance <laughs> with the young gamer and the pair head to Cancun for a five-star break. It's all fish tacos and margaritas by the pool and until news reaches Paris of a terrible incident. Neymar is reclining on a velvet chaise lounge, <laughs> typing bawdy DMs to Instagram models when a video pops up that makes his heart stop. It's Tiago Ramos covered in blood. Oh, fuck. I almost died for something I didn't do, Tiago stutters to the camera. I don't know what happened. 
It turns out Nadine's romantic five-star break was ruined when three men burst into a restaurant and stabbed Tiago. <laughs> now, who could have funded that? I don't, who could have possibly done this? <laughs> who could have funded that? This is not going to stay the way it is, Tiago Rants. I have the number of the person who did this. He breaks up with Nadine again. He break, <laughs> So this is like yeah, tier look, one reality TV stuff. Listen, if I'm, if I'm banging my f- very famous friend's... Uh, very famous mother and three men in Mexico come in and stab me. Yeah, I think I think I'm out. I think I'm point. out of the relationship. Yeah. I think, but I think he needs to secure the bag of beer because now this is it. You, you have to stay in long enough to secure the bag and then make a tasteful exit. You have to secure the bag. You've got to marry her. Yeah. Now You've his, got his to- problem here is that he's put. He's gone on social media with her. He should just be. Oh, no, I don't want to be any photos. Yeah, it's just stay in the background. Yeah. secure the bag. You are literally on easy street. Now, I, like I have some pretty liberal views on um, relationships and yes. sexual relationships yes. and things. You could I, say socialist views. Yeah, yeah, that I will not divulge, but they are liberal. Yeah. But this <laughs> this is a stretch for me. It's a, if your twenty two year old mate yes. started hooking up now, with your mother. Neymar? Neymar's like thirty. Oh, see, I was going to say he's been around for a little while. Yeah, he's this this. So what's he doing hanging around with a twenty-two-year-old bisexual gamer? Who knows with these footballers? <laughs> Who it's knows? All very odd. Who knows? I think once you become a famous, um, like you know, uh, athlete, yeah. You still enjoy playing video games. Yeah, they all do. So yeah. you want someone hell good to be on your team yes. when you're in Fortnite or in COD. Yep. So because you're a hell good celebrity. All the best Fortnite players are lining up to be a duo's they, partner. They want to be so your that's what that's what I would do. Yeah, 100%. but the second they start banging my mum, it's over. Yeah, no, the friendship is over. I don't love that part. Yeah. So the <laughs> end of the story is they're still on again, off again. This um, Tiago guy apparently was homeless for a little bit. He's not homeless anymore. But that's the nade. That's the Neymar it's, saga. It's too handsome to be Can homeless. you blame him for fucking off to Saudi Arabia? Can you blame him? Jesus Christ! Well, he's got co- he's got um, plausible deniability with the paying off these guys as well because the, Saudi, the Saudis could just do it for the him. The Saudis could just do you it want for us him. To, and also, if he moves, you want us to kill? If she moves, if he moves his mum over to Saudi with him, he's not going to be doing any more of this behaviour. That's gonna no. that's gonna stop real no, quick. Old, uh, not that I'm condoning a old crackdown. MS, um, old MSB will uh, will put a stop to that. Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, now, yeah. Speaking of the Saudis, we do have some news on old MSB. I am, um, you're very clued into the Saudi uh, royal family. Oh yeah, you are very clued. It's in. now. This is my interest in this is all stemmed from a documentary some years ago uh, called The Dissident. Uh, very hard to find because it was funded by uh, Amazon. Oh, and it's made by the guy who made Icarus, which uh, won yes, it won an Academy Award. Great documentary about an amateur cyclist who decides to. Uh, he enters a, a very famous race in England. I can't remember the name of it, but it's an amateur cycling race. He enters it one year, and then 12 months later, his plan is to enter it again, doped to the gills. Yeah, okay. And the documentary quickly changes from that to a documentary about the Russian doping scheme because yeah. he comes into contact with the guy that orchestrated all of it. Anyway, great, great documentary, fantastic, lauded around the world. This guy's very next movie, The Dissident, was about the Saudis killing... um, Khashoggi. Yeah, Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post reporter, who uh, went to get a passport renewed in Turkey. Yep. And he went into the consulate and never came out. Yep. His fiancée was waiting out the front, like, looking at her watch, like, where the fuck is Jamal? 
and he never came out because he was dismembered and yep. burned in a pit. Yes. Um, now, this documentary got buried immediately because um, Jeff Bezos around this time got um, hacked. His phone got hacked by the Saudis. Um, using Pegasus software, looking. I that. thought Jeff Bezos was a genius. You'd think he'd, <laughs> you'd think he'd be able to stop some no, hackers. No, Bezos's phone got hacked into. His nudes got um, compromised. His nudes, no- Bezos yeah. nudes. And now, now Jeff Bezos is best friends and very chummy with the Saudis because oh, they have yes. got the dirt. They do have now, the as dirt. As a consequence of that, um, the dissident immediately went. Nowhere. You can't, I've got to watch. It's, it's Can you give me this doco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it. Yeah, send it to me. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've been, I've been fascinated with the Saudis and their very bizarre behaviours ever since then. But um, it's no secret that lately uh, the Saudis have been accused of something called sports washing, where yes. they are pouring huge amounts of money into uh, several different sports, including F1. The PGA Tour, uh, they famously have now merged live with. Yep, the Premier their, League, of course. Premier League as well. They've Saudi's own several teams in the Premier League, as well as now trying to pump up their own league. Um, he's been interviewed about this. And um, as you could probably imagine, doesn't give a fuck. Yep. Why doesn't it, give a single why fuck? Why would he? Mohammed would bin he? Salman uh, dismissed accusations of sports washing and uh, has called a potential agreement between the PGA Tour, uh, European Circuit, and Live Golf a game changer for the golf industry. Um, when he was asked about their ongoing investment in sports, he said, "Well, if sports washing is going to increase my GDP by one percent, then I will continue to do sports washing." <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Inshallah. Yes. Inshallah, yes. my brother. Yes. Inshallah. Yes. Honestly, good for him. Good yeah. for him. And I, I love interviews. I, this guy, is a, he's one of the most evil men on the planet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I love watching interviews with him because somehow they get reporters close enough to him to ask him bold questions, which is stunning to me because you'd think he would just be like, I don't want to yeah. be interviewed. Kill that yeah. woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he lets people ask him these questions that he's that everyone knows the answer to, and he's, he just sits there, he's like with this very smug smile, like no. If you could, I he, didn't do here's it. here's a here's a really funny <laughs> question. If you could have any um, Australian media figure interview. Uh, Ray M- Martin. MBS. Ray Martin, you'd go. <laughs> that would that would be sick. I would think like maybe if we were going to go like ABC people, yeah. like Kerry O'Brien would be hell funny. Um, or yeah. heaven forbid, imagine, imagine <laughs> open mic with uh, oh. with Mike Sheehan with fucking MBS. Oh, or, fuck. or Caro. Yeah. Oh, Caro. Caro But he has to fly here. Caro We're Zaro not doing this it week. in Saudi. You're coming on footy the classified. The Crown Prince, Mohammed um, bin Oh, just, yeah, just have all four of them there with MBS and they just like, they're grilling him, him about. Him just smiling at her knowing that as soon as the camera goes off, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Oh, fucking incredible. Incredible. Now, uh, do you, have, do you have any other sporting news you got I've there, got mate? A, I've got a few things uh, in the uh, NFL. Uh, pointy ball, as I like to call it. Pointy ball, yeah. I'm, I'm also a, affectionately referred to as hand egg by, hand by egg. a few people. My, on my recent trip to Broome, my uh, good friend Tom, um, he made me laugh quite a lot because he refers to different sports by the shape of the ball. Yes. So we, we walked in and the telly was on and he said, oh, fat ball's on. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was rugby league. I'm like, oh, fat ball. That's, pr- that's pretty fat good. Ball, it is a fat ball. Baseball, it is. Baseball, small ball. Um, yes. NFL, pointy ball. Um, yes. Football's just footy. Uh, but I, I love it and I'm, I'm running with it. So, point, pointy ball news. Um, the Redskins. 
Uh, the, the yeah the the Washington Commanders, Commanders at the moment. My team. Yeah, they are they are your team. Two and one. They're two and, and one at the moment. They're been, going alright. There's been ongoing backlash um, about the name. Now they changed from Redskins to the, the Commanders, Commanders because well, it was they seen were, to they, be racist. For, for two years, they were actually the Washington Football Team. That's we right. We didn't have a name. That's and that's very strange. hilarious. Very, very hilarious. Strange. Now a lawsuit has been filed today to get them changed back. Wow. Now it got changed. It, this was um, a bit of virtue signaling here. The the name changed from from the Redskins. A lot of Native American uh, organizations had no problem with it at all. It was okay. it was white people guilt that did this. Yeah, we are very and, guilty. And it's I'd never really thought about this before, but commanders, commanders is kind of imperialist to, to change from Redskins. It's like, oh, that's too racist. We'll change it to the commanders. Yeah. So, what? Yeah, you couldn't, I, you couldn't pick a non-threatening one. Yeah, the, w- there was also the other ones that were thrown around were uh, the I think the Red Hawks. Uh, yeah, I did was see it, that. the Red Hawks could be cool. Now this um, suit, this suit stated um, Commanders is a fitting name for oppressors. Now they're not yeah. they're not just changing um, they're not just cha- uh, campaigning to change the name. They want some money as well. One point yeah. six million in damages and a seat at the table to share Native American history. Now they want it back to Redskins. Uh, as it's the only team in the National Football League to honour that an actual Native American. Yeah, okay. And I'm with them. I'm with them. Change it back. I am torn on this because Redskin just sounds so much like a slur. Like <laughs> it does. It, it, it does. When it you does. say Redskin, yeah. it is very. I mean, even, it, even in Australia, one of my most beloved um, treats as a child was a Redskin. A Redskin, and, and yeah, they've changed the name. And that. I didn't even. It had a. A Native American guy on yeah, the it packaging. It did. I didn't put two and well, two together. They got rid of. They got rid of it. Yes. They got rid of the um, the caricature of the head. Yeah. And just had the name for a long time, and yeah. they they jazzed up the font so it was a bit more comic booky. Yeah. Depictions of Native Americans mm. uh, in media historically not great. Have you it's you you've great. seen the Peter Pan, right? Yes. The Native Americans in that. That's bad. That is a wild depiction. Oh. Like, that is incredibly insensitive. <laughs> it's, it's very bad. They're literally just running around yeah. a fire going, oh, that's their whole dialogue. <laughs> their whole dialogue. They're just banging drums yeah. and stabbing people. And, uh, of course, uh, Princess Tiger Lily is um, very attractive. Uh, yeah, she was She was a smoke show. Very Pocahontas-peeled. Absolute smoke show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Pocahontas in a while, but I assume that, that yeah, those depictions and aren't great either. The, story, the actual story that Pocahontas is based on, which is a real story, yeah. It's awful. Yeah, isn't she like a child? She is a lot younger. And yeah. um, the guy, the hero, John, I think his name's John. He was fucking awful in John real life. John Smith, yeah. yeah. Just, fucking uh, terrible. Oh, yeah, just a colonizer. He was like, raping and pillaging a, he's and a, he's killing. He's a colonizer. And they've made an animated film where he's he's the white hero. No, he's saved through the power of song, you know. That's <laughs> once they, oh, the colors, colors of, of the wind. your racism. Yeah, the colors of the wind. It, he's a banger. It, do, it does go off. <laughs> I've got one way. more thing for other, it's not other sporting news, but it is news. Big political news in the Australian political okay. landscape. Dan Andrews has resigned. resigned as Premier of Victoria yes. and the cookers are oh, out, out in full I, force. I've, had, I've been chuckling all afternoon at it's this. It's been great. Checking out the comment sections. Um, the, my main, my my favourite one that a lot of them are coming out. Oh, someone's got dirt on him. Yeah, someone's got dirt. Why yeah, would he step yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's fucking tired. He's tired. He's he's been doing it for nine years. He wants to go smoke some darts and not have cameras on him. So for anyone who is not as clued in on the Dan Andrews like sort of 
the relationship he has with cookers on Facebook. Like you, you probably are though. After COVID, I think everyone's mm. got an auntie or an uncle or yeah, a friend that thinks that Dan Andrews is the fucking Hitler. Like yep. thinks he is the devil. Which like, is stunning he is because a, he's got some of the highest approval ratings in yeah, the country. Yeah, like he, well, he, got and he keeps re- getting voted. He in. got re-elected. Like it was pretty pretty yeah. convincing because the Victorian Liberals are a shit show. That's another yep. story. But. Like the, it was such a weird fixation that even WA people who had no like no reason to be involved with Victorian politics at all, are like Dan Andrews is you know the head of the Illuminati. He is yep. calling all of the shots. McGowan, he's in McGowan was getting with, a bit of the same treatment from he was, Eastern states he was. during COVID. But I think it was less. I think it yep. was Dan Andrews was a bit of a lightning rod for this stuff. Yep. So now that he has stepped down, the conspiracy theories are now in full effect. Yeah. There's no fucking conspiracy. There's none. Why would the new the, if the if he's the had Illuminati the hardest job in the country for ten years? He's it, he's out. He's over it. Is Dan <laughs> a, like, the idea that like it's all like you know that 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 COVID was a fake plot by the Illuminati to put microchips into your brain or whatever the fuck the conspiracy <laughs> theory is this week, whether it was like a whatever it was. The idea that you can't say that, David King. You can't say that. It's a slur. The idea that Dan Andrews has enough power globally to to yeah. have any sort of say in uh, the rollout of a of a conspiracy like Which, this. It's basic, he's the basic, premier of Victoria. He's not yeah. fucking. He's not Joe Biden. Like, yeah, the, he's ste- not, the steps that various premiers took were based on very basic economics. Yes. How yes. to not have workers die. Yeah. And how to have workers keep working yes. to keep the economy. That's that's it. Like, Everything we, was based on that. I stayed at home and got JobKeeper for six months. <laughs> it was fucking mad. You are a hero. It was. I I I did my part, <laughs> and I started a TikTok account, and then that got pretty big. And now it. we're here, Corey. So thank you, uh, New World Order. I, thank um, you, Illuminati. I have one more NFL um, bit of news, and um, yes. my beloved Dolphins. <laughs> now. I say beloved. I've loved them. I've loved them for about a month. <laughs> yes, they have had a record win at seventy to twenty. We're in Miami over, Beach. The, over yes. the Denver Broncos. Absolutely stunning. Now the coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins, yes, used to be the ball boy for for the Broncos. When you say ball boy, do you mean what does a ball boy in f- football do? Now. I mean, I think it's a carryover term that they yeah. just a boy that used to collect balls at training. Just and a small child. But I think in the modern modern day, it's kind of a coaching understudy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like yeah. a nineteen year old kid that does some um, you know free labor at training, but yeah. is also picking up things for, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the hope of one day being having an administrative role. Yeah. Sure. Sort. Now he's done that. And he's absolutely smashed his old team, 70 to 20. Um, it's No team has ever um, had this many points and this many uh, yards gained. 726 yards uh, uh, with 70 points. Now, some stunning performances here. I watched I watched some highlights of this. <laughs> it is fucking phenomenal. Some, uh, some intercepts, some, some big plays. Um, their quarterback, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Nice. Another go at that. Nice. Tua Tagovailoa. Yes. Um, he was labelled a scrub. He was a rookie three years ago, and there's some tweets that have come out that uh, before the game, the Broncos were uh, some of the Broncos fans and players were um, trying to diss him, oh. saying you, you you're not even a starter, and he's not. He's not a starter. So to quote 
TLC. <laughs> We've got no scrubs, actually. <laughs> Record-breaking total. Seven, his first 17 passes of the game were all completed. Um, there was a, a rookie running back that uh, had never scored a touchdown before. He got four in this game. <laughs> Jesus. Which is uh, incredible stuff. So we're going to keep an eye on the Dolphins, seeing as the uh, my beloved Dolphins in the NRL didn't fare too well. Yeah, we're we'll gonna, keep the fins up. We're going to carry the fins up over to Pointy Ball. And we'll we'll see how that yes. goes. Yes. So I think that might uh, maybe I've got some more. Oh, you got, oh, got oh, some more. Oh, 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 I, I, I spoke too more. soon. I spoke too soon. Uh, yes. Yes. F1, go on. F one happened in uh, Suzuka. Very entertaining. Yes. Where um, is Suzuka? In Japan. Okay. Yeah. In Japan, uh, which is handy for us because they're on the same time zone. So yeah. Was, uh, at a very good. Point. Yeah. 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 Um, our favourite Oscar Piastri got on the podium. Nice. Third. The pastry chef. Yeah. The yes. pastry chef is at it. Um, Checo Perez doing um, everything he can to prove to everyone why he shouldn't be at Red Bull. Absolutely <laughs> binning it. Oh, no. Um, crashing into several people, uh, ruining several people's day. Um, and they took advantage of a very weird rule. So he um, copped a few penalties for being an absolute idiot. Just being a crab. And he decided to retire. So he's going into the pits and he's gotten out of the car. The car's in the garage and... 45 minutes later, he was seen getting his helmet and the, everyone's like, well, what's he doing? And they realized what's happened. They were going to unretire him to get back on the track to serve his penalties so oh. they don't carry over to next week. Oh, now, yes. Everyone was frantically looking through the rule book. Like, can, can he do that? And he can. It, and he can. Oh, I love so he, that. He recorded the longest pit stop of the year at 45 minutes. That's very cool. I love anachronistic rules when that <laughs> when they come out. No, I so wish that, there that was stuff like, over. I wish there soon. was stuff like that in uh, football. Like if uh, I, I, I must say I'm not an aficionado of what the AFL rulebook actually says. Yep. But I would love to for a player to fucking whip that out. I remember one time Steel Sidebottom kicked a goal out of a ruck contest that went uncontested. The ruckman didn't hit it. Yep. But he knew the ball had to touch the ground first before a foot could touch it. Yeah. And he let it happen. The second the ball touches the ground, he <laughs> sockers it with a half volley. <laughs> that is so clever from Steel. Very, very now, clever. Now, we'll finish it off with some wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Oh, this now, is huge not news. Not just any wrestling. Huge news. Train wrestling, Ben. Oh, what? No, Train I thought you were wrestling. talking about the pay-per-view elimination chamber getting announced for Perth and off the that stadium. Is, that is big. That is is big. That is big. That is very Apparently big. Apparently the pre-sale tickets are stupid expensive. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's, it, you want good seats. You want to fall. Now, you, is, you're going to fall out a lot of money. this is real wrestling. This is none of that fake shit. This is real. Yeah, I did see this pop up. The DDT uh, Pro Wrestling Organization, which is uh, famous in Japan for being a little bit tongue-in-cheek, let's say. It is a little bit. Um, a little bit. One of their biggest wrestlers for the last decade is literally a blow-up sex doll. Yep. Uh, many, many matches have been had with the sex doll, uh, some of which uh, go for half an hour. Yeah, and they're very good. Very good. Yeah, very Kenny Omega, shout out. So this um, train wrestling bout, um, they rented out an entire train carriage, 175 people, sold out instantly, yep. mind you. Because one of the wrestlers in this is Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, so Minoru. Mo uh, murder grandpa. Murder grandpa. So if, you, if you're not familiar with, uh, I, I am actually a bit of a Japanese wrestling fan. Uh, Minoru Suzuki is a I'll just play legend. this while, while you're talking. Yep. Now this is this is some footage. Now listeners won't be able to see this. It's on the video feed. Oh, fantastic moves here. Yeah. Look at that. There's some there's some serious um, serious 
Oh wait, Chanesse issues here, isn't there? Yes. You would think. Oh, good, good armbar. Well, there. for the for the patrons as well, like you know, you're yeah. you're right I in mean, the middle. I mean, they're using props. Yeah, it's and also like that's oh, a pile driver. This pile driver, not on a ring canvas. That is really <laughs> fucking dangerous. And that is Minori's finisher. Oh. It's called the Gotch pile driver. <laughs> Gotch um, pile. Yes, um, popularized by Carl that's Gotch, just... a famous wrestler. But Minoru Suzuki <laughs> is one of if maybe the most famous Japanese wrestler of all time. He's been in yeah. the he's been in the business over twenty years. He's called Murder Daddy because he is a proponent. Murder Grandpa now. Murder Grandpa, sorry. Uh, because he is a proponent. Look at that joke with, the, with the umbrella. A proponent of what you call <laughs> strong style. Oh, strong style like wrestling is very different to WWE. If we're if we're two WWE wrestlers right now and we're having a match, yeah, you have punches in wrestling. In WWE, yep. the punches aren't connecting. You do yep. the foot stomp. You go hurt. You stomp your feet and then you sort of brush my hand across you. It might graze you, it's, but it's not it's there. Very obvious in Japanese wrestling. Strong style in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. The striking is very much making contact and it is fucking real. They will, it's not a straight up punch to the face. They will do a lot of slaps, like really hard slaps, or they will hit you with the sort of fleshy part of their elbow onto your face. So it's literally like huge, huge contact. Uh, And People have nearly died doing it. Uh, I'll show you after this pod. I'll show you. I'll show you a bit uh, in, in the break before it. recording. We'll talk about New Japan. Uh, so yeah, Minoru Suzuki, while being a hell hardcore strong style wrestler, also is not above having a laugh at himself and doing these train yeah. matches. He's a legend. He's a legend I of the business. Love it. So we might call it there. We'll call I it think there. that is it for the episode this week. Uh, just a little plug for this weekend. Oh, we'll, put it, we'll put that at the start. We'll put that at the end, but stay tuned. This weekend, live event. Get ready. Get ready.
support by sweat. Thank you, dear listener.